Hey everyone, uh, welcome to our first podcast, uh, Silly Points Podcast. Um, I'm here with uh, Rishi, Lakshya, and Dinesh, and I'm Suraj. Um, we're all Cal cricketers at Berkeley, and we decided to start this podcast during quarantine, um, just as a way to have our uh, conversations recorded, our daily conversations. And um, yeah, it's going to be super exciting. We'll be covering a range of topics um, all about cricket, and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, going straight into it today, um, our first topic is the RCB versus DC game. And um, yeah, guys, take it away. Well, why don't we just get started with the man of the hour, Marcus Stoinis. Absolutely unbelievable performance. Quite frankly, every time this man comes out to bat, the game can take a drastic turn for the better in Delhi's favor. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons that they're doing so well this season in comparison to the past. I think he's got that type of talent where no matter what the start is, we've seen it in the past, actually, a couple of times, Tawan or Ayer get off to a slow start. Shaw sometimes doesn't do too well. But Stoinis, Pant, they come in, take the game away, and two, three overs, the complexion completely changes. And I think that's a big reason Delhi's going to be doing so well this season compared to the past. Yeah, I think one thing about Delhi is I don't think any of their four, five, the top five, any of them are probably in the top ten run score, top five, six run scores of this IPL, which shows that, and they've won four out of five games, which shows they're not dependent on one batsman. I think Prithvi Shaw has scored a couple 50s, a 40 today. Ayer scored at 80 last game. Rusha Pant has scored 30 plus almost every game. That one has scored a couple of times. Marcus Torrance is second 50. So it's really, it's really just that they're not dependent on anyone, and that's why they're looking the most dangerous team in the IPL, and it's shown on the points table. Personally, point, yeah. Go on, sorry. A point of correction. I was saying, uh, actually, Ayer and Shaw, as of today, have cracked the top five run score list just by a couple of runs. Ayer's at 181 fourth, and Shaw's at 179 fifth place. But you're right. The number of contributions is just unbelievable because they're all at least 100 runs short yeah. of third, fourth, third, second, and first place. Yeah. One yeah, thing I think for, ever since. Yeah. You go. Sorry, sorry. Uh, one thing for sure, though, is you can't, you can't definitely say who the two best bats of this of, of the league batting lineup is i can for i think for most other teams i can easily name their two best batsmen for but delhi is one really and i think the other really funny thing is basically any of them could make a claim to be openers right i mean stoyness i was a little hesitant on because it, it felt last season like delhi was it, they, they lacked a little bit of punch in the lower order um but they've consistent since they rebranded as the capitals really they've had like one of the strongest indian cores of any franchise and that's what makes them so dangerous is like basically every player they have is international quality um but stoyness i feel like never lived up to the potential in the lower order that he did when he opened the batting for uh in the bbl yeah um because right. he was consistently probably the best batsman in the bbl opening for uh, his franchise um and and so seeing him slot in at five at six here, I wasn't sure it was going to pan out, and it it has. I'm not quite sure why that is, but I think I, I think because they had the summer of um, of playing in England, right? So they had the op- they had all of Australia was there, and Stoinis was playing in that position. I think that really helped get a leg up um, going into the IPL, and that was really beneficial for both the English players and um, Australians. Yeah, that's. The thing is, Delhi bat- batsmen. Even before that, before this tournament started, I knew that these guys were probably the best. At least, in, especially when it comes to Indian players, probably the best batting lineup. But one thing that's actually surprising about the team is the bowlers. They seem to be performing above their standards. I thought initially that they'd be a little over dependent on Rabada and Ashwin, and despite having not even played Sandeep Lamashin one game yet, 
the bowlers seem to do extremely well. Akshar Patel is actually having one of his best seasons in a long time. Probably his best season since his breakthrough season in 2014 with Punjab. And he I was brilliant today. With what they've realized here is, and, and an interesting stat to note is that spin always does better in every single over by statistics in the in T20s than pace does. And obviously, elite pace boards are going to be better than mediocre spinners. And this is not to say pace is useless by any means. But one thing that we've definitely noticed on grounds like these is bowlers like Akshar, who can really pitch it short and uh, get a lot of top spin, right? Instead of looping it up and flighting it in grounds like Sharjah, where the boundaries are so short. When you pitch it short or fast and you watch a lot of top spin come up, you can't really pull the ball away for six or do anything like a a sweep. And that's where a lot of people get their runs from spinners because a ramp shot doesn't really work on spinners. Um, cuts don't really, late cuts don't really work either and upper cuts don't. So you have to rely on scoring square of the wicket with cuts or you have to punch it down the ground, which is really difficult. So I think... Delhi's propensity to pick these spinners that can get a lot of top spin has really helped them in the UAE here. And I think that's part of the reason Akshar is doing so well here. Yeah. And I agree. I agree. And I actually think today, today the wicket was slow. It was turning. And I think RCB lost the game because they weren't able to bowl 12 over to spin. They had three spinners, Ali, Sundar, Chahal. Prithvishal went after Chahal first over. Moin Ali, Stoinis went after Moin Ali, and Kohli could not trust them to bowl their quota. And that's why they lost the game. They had to bowl those extra overs to Siraj and Saini. And Sani was just dread awful, dreadfully awful today. So, I think that's where I don't think that was a that pitch was a 190 pitch. I don't think RCB had a chance to 190. They, they needed to limit them to 160 to have a chance on that wicket, especially with Akshar Patel and Ashwin pulling eight overs. Yeah, yeah, and I it, definitely it, saw that that spin was uh, predominant, and um, you could see the change of pace was very prevalent in in today's game as well. Um, the way Patel would. Um, he, he'd bowl a quick ball and then a slower ball. And then the slowest ball was what, what got, I believe, was Finch out today. And um, I think that change of pace really helped a lot today. And um, But on that topic again of RCB and spin, why didn't they? Why didn't Cooley bowl Chahal out? He only bowled three overs. Danny Shirt leggy here. What did you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that's just strange to me because Chahal has been probably objectively and subjectively the best spinner in the tournament so far. Easily. I mean, he's consistently made an impact in every single game. And yes, sometimes the leggy goes for runs, but it is bizarre to me that he didn't bowl out here, especially given, like we said, um, their tightest bowler was was their spinner up front and and their pacers just went all over the park. Um, so it, it's really kind of strange. I don't know if... Um, I don't know if it was a matchups thing. I don't really know uh, how Charles stacks up against the batting lineup, but yeah, I think it might have to do with the fact after I, there was that period in the middle overs of RCB where it seemed to have a hold of things when Moinelli, uh, Siraj on comeback got a weekend first over. Moinelli got a, a weekend in his first over. Rishabh Pant came in, and Rishabh Pant actually has a very good record against Jahal. I don't believe he's been dismissed by him before, and he has a striker over, over 150. And with the lefty and the short boundary on the left side, I believe that's probably why Kohli did not want to go through with Chahal. Yeah, so the reason yeah, for, go on, Dinesh? I was going to say, for a big part of the innings, and I think basically the entire way through, you had Dhawan and then you had Punt and then you had Hetmeyer at the at the yeah. end. They always had a lefty at the crease, and Chahal is not a guy who, like, he he has a fairly big leg break. His googly is not huge. It, He's not. It's not, but I think yeah. when you when you have Chahal's uh, a match winner. Chahal is probably a top three RCB player for the last five years. And I think Kohli hasn't, he's bowled on Chinaswami for six years. So I think 
even though there's lefties, you you've got to trust your best bowler to to do the. Yeah, you you, 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 you got to back your guy, I think, to be impactful, right? Because who else is really delivering at this point? I I fundamentally, I I think their their bowling attack just fundamentally looks kind of weak here. Yeah, and I question some of the selection in this match, but. I'm sure they had their reasons. Well, yeah. uh, I, I just feel like you got to back your most impactful bowler, especially in those kind of conditions. Well, he, he gets taken for runs and three overs. He can still change the game for you in the fourth. Well, obviously, um, Zampa was injured today, so obviously they couldn't go with that with a third spin with their well, that would have been their fourth spinner. Uh, but obviously, Zampa was injured. Uh, what do you guys think? Does Chris Morris need to fit into this team? I believe he is fit and available to play now. Should he be in in the RCB team? They spent a lot of money on him. It's a bit shocking he hasn't played yet. In my for me, in my opinion. It's tough, right? I mean, on one hand, you do question just what RCB is doing with him because he's clearly too good to be sitting on the bench. But also, if you're RCB, who do you want him to replace? My bet would be that Moeen comes out and uh, Chris Morris comes in. That's what I'm thinking. But at the same time... I think one reason that goalie's been so insistent on trying to fit in an extra spinner there is possibly because, just like we said, pace like Morris, if it's off for one day um, in its length slightly, you can use the pace. Whereas with spin, like Zampa and with Moeen, right, they have the variations, they have the change of pace, and Sharjah naturally and Abu Dhabi, Sharjah, Dubai, these are all, especially because the challengers play in Dubai, I think... The turning sense of the wickets means spin is slightly is a slightly better bet. We've seen that the Pacers are ultra expensive no matter who they play, so that's pro- probably why. Well, yeah. So I was thinking a direct place, direct swap, Udana Morris. They both have the exact same role. They both are lower order hitters. I was gonna say this, Morris Udana. What do you think? Udana at the moment he's gotten wickets. I think he's, in the three games he's played, he's gotten one to two wickets every game, but he's been expensive. He's not provided the death blowing cushion RCB has hoped for, which has been the reason. I think, yeah. I, I think what I struggle with with this lineup is that it looks really lopsided in a couple of ways, right? Like you, I'm, I'm looking at the scorecard and you see their their top four are just some of the most power packed batters in the entire lineup, and then you have Washington Sundar yeah, at six, that, that was ridiculous. which like the guy, the guy can bat, but you have a very clear over reliance on a handful of players, and I think if if you're going to try and Pick someone for their death bowling, which clearly this lineup lacks a little bit. I don't think Udana is it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think Morris probably has a better shout, but I, I don't know. I, do you even look at Dale Stain in that case? I don't think Stain's the answer. I really don't because Stain across this IPL and even in the past few games that he's played, he's just not been the same guy that he was before. I think the swap of Udana with Morris makes the most sense because it also gives him a legitimate number six. Sundar can hit, no doubt, but he's more of a number seven. You want him to come in for maybe an over or two like Rashid Khan, smash the runs that he can and come out. He's not going to be relied on to build an innings, and if he is, you're in trouble. Yeah, obviously, RCB forever. When it comes to building innings, they always depend on the top four. They can't, they, they'll can't. they never expect their number six. I mean, I believe Dubish will be batting at six, personally. He's, he's shown six-setting ability that RCB needs at the end. Right, but if you're putting Dubé in at six, you've got a lot of problems in your team to start with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it almost makes me wonder, like, partially the fact that you have AB keeping wickets, which he hasn't done in a while and definitely prefers not to do, 
plus this sort of very top heavy but brittle lineup makes me wonder why Partha Patel isn't in the team. I mean, oh. he's not the greatest wicketkeeper back going around, but he does lend a little bit better line uh, balance to this lineup, I think, and lets A B slot into his preferred well, role, uh, which is pretty huge for the team for some that, that relies on him so much. Well, so I mean, I think you kind of answered that question. You said the batting lineup is very lopsided and top heavy. Both the keepers in the RCB team are openers: Josh Felipe and Partha Patel. Openers. If if RCB has Partha Patel batting five six, I think that they're that's just not a good option. AB De Villiers to me, the problem I think his batting position is good. My only problem with him keeping is RCB loses one of their best fielders, but as a keeper, he's been safe. He hasn't made any mistakes. Philippi's made quite a few mistakes by comparison. And Bartha Patel, we all know from his time with the Indian team that he's definitely not the one to be relying on with the gloves. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even think it's about him making mistakes, though, in the case of uh, De Villiers. I worry more about if he has to keep for 20 overs and they have to lean on him in a chase. That and is, I think, from their perspective. I think he can handle that. <laughs> no, but I do think there's some merit <laughs> to it, especially he's not getting any younger. But I, I do, I feel like, Looking at the wicketkeeper position is a bit of a it's a it's a bit of a red herring for them. I, I don't think that's an area of concern. You know, whether you get Dave Villiers keeping or Barthik Patel, the real issue is I think unless you get batters five, six, seven doing anything decent, right? Even Moeen Ali has not found any form in the last year or so he's had maybe two or three good innings one against australia one against south africa where he scored 39 from 11 but other than that he hasn't really done anything of note in the last year to where you have a liability batting at five you've got at six a bowler who should be maybe at best at seven in a good t20 lineup and then everyone else is batting one batting one or two spots up too high down the order so unless you get someone like morrison to shore that i don't see how this happens yeah but i also think RCB, they shouldn't they shouldn't go for the panic button. Yes, today was a bad loss, big loss. The net run rate is absolutely in the gutter right now. But this is also the best the best start to their season they've had in around four or five years. They have three wins in five games. Every game there's been changes. This is this is nothing new. With Kohli as captain, he's always makes changes. That's India or RCB. I think they should just trust the players they have. You said we we were talking about over lines and AB Villiers on a chase. Today was the first. Today, it was a, probably the second time this season Dave Dapotico has failed. He's been doing really well. Coley's been finding form, even though we can question how he approaches innings today. Finch, Finch is kind of on and off right now. He had a lot of opportunities to score today. He was dropped twice. He had a manka chance as well, which we will talk about later. And so Finch, to me, he's had he scored one fifty so far this season. He's looked good at in, at times, but he hasn't fully come to his best yet. So yeah. I think RCB, I do want to they should stick to their top five for now. There's no need to push the panic button. They're doing fairly well compared to the last previous seasons. So, yeah. Yeah. And I want, I want to say before we move on that that Spudicle on his own, I think, has made this lineup look so much better in my eyes because the, the, the strong young Indian players is something that RCB have really lacked Absolutely. before. And he really does mitigate that over-reliance on, on Coley and yeah. Devilliers. like him coming into this team has been such a breath of fresh air. And I really think that's a huge, between him and, and Saini, I think, regardless of Saini not doing too well today, those two have been a big part of the reason that this team yeah, looks good Yeah, he's probably now. the best young Indian batsman I've seen in our season since we had Kale Rahul. So yeah, I agree with there completely. So on the topic of struggling teams, um, I'm curious about your guys' take. Let's go to the absolute bottom of the 
table where we've been used to seeing RCV of late, but this time we're seeing Sunrisers, which less concerning and more concerning Kings 11 Punjab, which honestly speaking, I don't see how they turn it around from here. What are you guys' thoughts, Suraj? Um, yeah, I think their reliance has been extremely heavy on yeah. their openers with KL Rahul and then Agarwal. It's really tough if they don't get going immediately. Um, obviously, when Ra KL Rahul has come out and hits 100, win that match, it's, it's a given. But I, I think, again, it's a very similar story to, um, to RCB, where they lack that bowling depth as well as the batting depth. I'm actually not sure <laughs> if I agree with, with the lack of batting depth. I mean, you look at their lineup, it is actually very, very Kings impressive. You have Puran coming in at, yeah, you have Puran coming in at four, you have Maxwell at five, Surfraz Khan, who's no slouch, like he's played pretty well in past seasons. I honestly think like the biggest issue they've had is that Chris Jordan hasn't hit his straps. Jordan yeah. has never been and, and their death bowler, though. Been. I mean, for the last couple of years, he was elite for a little while, but for the last couple of years, He's really not been nearly the bowler that reputation says he is. He's been leaking runs in the death, and he's not a solid new ball bowler. He's had a couple of good games in last year uh, before the World Cup, but other than that, he's really not a good death bowler, and he's not the bowler you want opening the inning. So I think it's a little bit of a waste to keep picking him and using an overseas slot. I agree. I, agree. I think you're right, and I, th I think Shami has been has held up the death pretty well. He's not a death bowler, but he has the pace and the accuracy yeah. to make it work. I think Cottrell's been not amazing, but he's filling the role that he has to right now. It doesn't really have anything better to do. I really think the fact that Chris Jordan hasn't been succeeding at the death for them is a big part of the reason why they, they can't defend targets. That's the problem. I mean, their last match, they put up 178 in Dubai. That's not bad. And they lost yeah. horribly. I think... I mean, yeah, that, that was my point. Being exposed by an out-of-form Shane Watson... And um, I, I think, again, going back to the point, Rich Shane Watson, Tawatia, hit five, hit seven, six. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, again, you're 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 bringing the point up of Glenn Maxwell yeah. being a solid batsman and them having depth. Kings eleven. I think he's been out of form. There's too many players in their team that are out of form right now, and I don't think that depth is, in my opinion, not there. And I'm not sure if you still like disagree with that, but. Um, I think maybe once they hit into stride and get into form, it may change. But I don't, right now, I don't think that's maybe, maybe I. I wouldn't say it's out of form because we saw him in the Australia series. Uh, in the Australia series, I think he's just right since 2014. He has not had a good IPL season in six years now. He's never really scored. He, mm -hmm. I think one year 2017 he was okay. He had a couple cameos, but he struggled in 2018. He struggled in 2016. Struggled in 2015. He even took a break in 2019 and. I really thought this actually this season would actually be Glenn Maxwell because he has a better record. Australian players in general tend to have a better record in the UAE than they do in India. So I thought this would actually be Glenn Maxwell's year, but he's not doing well. And I don't see how Kings Eleven cannot be thinking of Chris Gale right now, who has had a Chris Gale since coming to Kings Eleven has had good season has had two good seasons. It'll give them more. It'll give Kale Rahul more support at the top, and it can even allow Mayankar to bat one down, and that'll make the top three at least very happy. See, the issue with Gale is that he gets off to very, very slow starts. And while he can 
instantly erase that deficit within an over. The problem really ends up being, what if you get out early? Because there's a school of thought in T20 cricket that you go traditional, right? You start off an inning slightly. So we've seen a lot of players do this. Kale Rahul, goalie, et cetera. You start out a little bit slow, get maybe to like 10 off of 11 balls or something, 10 off 12, and then you start accelerating and going quickly. Gale, first of all, goes maybe what? Five off the first 10, eight off the first 12, and then... After that, he starts accelerating, but I think it's a little bit riskier because if you get out, yeah, because it won't run any. I also think Kale Rahul is also being affected by the team's middle order. The fact that I think a lot of people were questioning yesterday, he scored 72 around 50 balls, one not the most amazing strike rate, especially for his standards. And I think he's he's actually being boggled down by the middle order to bat through the innings. He doesn't want to collapse happening. This has been the third season in a row, he's been the top run score for Kings 11. But his strike rate last couple of games have has been a little low. I think having an opening of Chris Gale would free him up a bit more. And about the slow starts, yes, that is Chris Gale. But at the moment, I think that's still better than what Glenn Maxwell is bringing to the table right now. Because Glenn Maxwell not bringing much of the bowling. It, 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 it's hard to say. I mean, I, it's hard to say though, isn't it? Because I mean, I I maintain that I think the the middle order is good. They just haven't contributed much i don't i don't know if that's a forum thing and it's also true that they haven't gotten many chances to really change a match because of how good uh, the openers have been so i i'm not certain that bringing galen is solving the right problem they need to be solving i still think batsmen win matches bowlers win tournaments is the okay, so gale what about mujib Lead spinner. That's the thing. Why are they not playing Muji? Why, this why is something that I cannot understand. You don't have an elite spinner in this team. You're not going to be relying on Bishnoi or Gautam to win you any matches. I mean, Bishnoi is good, don't get me wrong, but if you're relying on Gautam to win you any matches, you're in some serious trouble. Yeah. What is wrong with substituting in Mujib, who we know is an elite bowler and we know he can hit? We've seen this in the Caribbean Premier League. Why would you not substitute him in for either... James Nisham, or more controversially, Glenn Maxwell. And I would be in favor of substituting him for Nisham because we know Maxwell has a higher ceiling. Well, I think Nisham's already been dropped. So, but yeah, I don't understand when, why Mujib is not playing. He's an experienced spinner. He can bowl with the new ball, he can bowl with the old ball. And the two spinners that uh, Kings 11 have right now, Ravi Bishnoi, he's very talented. He had a great uh, under-19 World Cup, but he's young. He's going to get hit. He's going to have bad days. He's a young leggy, 19. And Krishnava Gautam, he's a very stand. He's not a great big turn of the ball. He's bowling right arm off spin, which is usually the easiest ball- bowlers to hit. Muji bowls, can't even classify him as an off spinner, really. He's got all sorts of deliveries. I don't see why he's not on this team. I've been saying that since the first game. Sir, did you have something you wanted to say, I think? Um... Oh, it was about Chris Gale. I, I don't think he's the answer because I've, we've been seeing that the openers have finding a way to run the signals and the power play has been really what's um, benefiting them and getting a higher total in the end, I think. Um, if you look at um, Bearstow and Warner and then um, Shaw and like players like that where they're extremely good at running between the wickets and keeping the run rate and strike rotating, I think that's beneficial. And if we have uh, Chris Gale come in and sit at strike and like just doppel after doppel, I don't think that's the answer for the team. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's always a good Yeah, yeah, I'm on the same page with you there. I really think like shoring up the bowling is way more important here. And I think you you bring Mujib instead of Gale, and and at the very very least, you're getting three tight overs in the power play from him, which frees up Shami to give you like 14, 16, 18 at the so back is end. That- 
We all agree. Majid needs to be in this team. Absolutely. Absolutely. There, he's There's way no, too good to be left out. Absolutely no merit to him being dropped out. But that's that's actually I like to bring up this new this topic. Why is it that the IPL teams this season are unwilling to play their foreign spinner? Other than Rashid Khan, I don't think there's any foreign spinners really playing for their team. Yeah, and these are oh, huh? who? Moines. He's today's his first game, and I, he's more picked for his batting. His that's batting true. for our and and bowling and middle overs, middle overs. Imran Tahir, so, twenty nine purple cap is not playing. Mama Napi is not playing, but that's more because they're picking overseas batsmen. But we got three elite spinners here. Why are they not being picked? Does it have to do with ground dimensions? Does it have to do with some with it being played in the UAE? What do you guys think? I mean, on the topic of Nabi, I want to. We were talking about Sunrisers earlier, and and I do want to point out that despite their lower order having a decent game a little while back. They have kind of become the new Bangalore in terms of um, it felt like their team was constructed by a magpie. They see super flashy, super expensive players and go after them. And then they haven't invested enough effort in really backing their young talent because there's clearly a lot, a lot of talent there. But they haven't really backed their talent to succeed. Yeah, you see Freem Garg not getting And they end up with this over reliance on their top order. And that happened after a collapse. So, I mean, you've got a point there. Yeah. And Garg is a fantastic player. Like, he's a very, very good player. Um, but I, I think we're seeing the, the problem. Like, when, yeah, David Warner wins three orange caps in five years, you can't end up in this scenario. We saw a bit of this last firing. year where Warner and Bearstow had su- carried the lineup so hard to the point where when one of them left, the entire lineup collapsed because they hadn't gotten enough chances to play. But I don't even think that's the problem here. As you said, you know, Bearstow hasn't really had the most stellar of starts. The 150 he did score was exceptionally slow. I just start to wonder at this point with Sunrisers whether – I understand the logic behind continuing to pick Warner and Bearstow. Warner is the captain. He's going to stay, and he has to stay because he's one of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. At what point do you question, though, is it worth it to bring in Malbin Nabi instead of possibly Johnny Bearstow? Because Williamson, he gets a lot of knock for not being a traditional 2020 player, but when opening the batting, he's done exceptionally well, and he has had a proven track record of success just as well as Bearstow has. He won the orange cap one year to my memory. So is it possible Bearstow might need to be subbed out? Before I answer that question, who is the other keeper in Sunrisers? Jeez, I honestly, I don't. Uh, Someone want to pull Serge, can you pull up Sunrisers squad quickly and see who their other ring keeper is? Because... The, th- the thing with Sunrise is their their formula. See, with Sunrise compared to Kings Eleven, I'm not. I don't think Sunrise will have to panic yet. I think they still have a very good chance of making the playoffs. This has been their way they've played last four seasons. They have the two, three overseas batsmen, maybe one in maybe one Indian batsman. This time it's Manish Pandey. They have them score the runs. And it's their bowling lineup that wins some games. Their fast bowling lineup and Rashid Khan. It's Rhythm and Saha. Rhythm and Saha. Okay, so. That's the thing. If you want to bring in Rhythm on Saha for Bearstow, Rhythm on Saha is a slow player already. If we have Kane Williamson and Warner, he'll be open. They have to be opening Saha in the middle order. Do you really see that fitting in? Dropping okay. one of the best openers in the in World Cricket right now. The thing is, 
you've got to play Nabi because he brings in an extra dimension with the ball and an extra dimension with the bat. I agree dropping Bairstow is not the solution, but at the same time, Nabi's one of those players that, in my mind, has to be playing. Now, the undroppables are Rashid and Warner, without a doubt. So between Bearstone and Williamson, who do you go with? Now, the question, obviously, is you can do a like-for-like -like swap with Williamson and just put in Nabi instead. But to my money, my money, Williamson is a better batsman than Bearstow. So in IPL, is Williamson a better batsman than Bearstow? Yo, everyone stop. Luxor just said he dropped an England player. <laughs> Yeah, boys, anyone watching in, <laughs> Lux is a big English cricket fan. So, yeah, I'm even surprised by that. I'm a huge New Zealand cricket fan, so I don't want to see Kane Williamson drop. He's probably the, in my, a top three player in the world. I, but do you, really, do you really think that bowling is Sunrise's problem when they have Rashid Khan, Bhuvanesha Kumar, not the Rajans having a breakthrough season, Khalil Ahmed is getting wickets. Do you really think bowling is a problem here? It's something that I'm not sure about, honestly, because I think it's just that Nabi adds an extra dimension to the batting too that is lacking. And I think he gives them that extra strength in the lower order. So what my thought was is let's say you do swap in. Um, let's say you take out two players. Um, I think you could take that, take out Abdul Samad and you could take out Bearstow and you put in Saha and you put in Nabi. Nabi is a better bowler, better batsman than Samad. Saha is not as good, but if you shunt everyone up a spot, you can kind of shelter Saha to the point where he might not even need to be batting as much. So I think it's just a question of having a little bit more strength in that lower order that Sunrisers have been lacking. But I think Sunrisers are getting there with their lower order. I think Abhishek Sharma is playing pretty well. He's doing decent with the ball as well. He's hit a few cameos. Maybe they maybe Sunrisers are want to play their three overseas batsmen and they're having Abhishek Sharma play the role that Nabi usually plays. Obviously, you can't really compare those two. Nabi is a world-class player. Abhishek Sharma is just hitting his straps in IPL. But he's playing pretty well so far. So I don't I, wanna, I don't see them making that change personally. I want to ask, is Cole really the is Cole really the guy? He went 64 runs and four overs, got two wickets, but didn't really play well and Kane Williamson had to bowl in the last game that's how bad it got for them so I'm not sure I agree that bowling is not at all a concern for Sunrisers I think it's been masked a lot by Sandeep Sharma and Rashid Khan but I think at some point you've got to address this well it's it's going to be an issue now because oh, right. Kumar is out right he, he was out for the Indians game and exactly why that's it, exactly why I'm second. bringing this up now <laughs> I think Nabi stuff. needs to come in you need that extra bowling because right. When Bhuvneshwar is out, you're going to need an elite bowler to replace him. And the only one good enough on skill to replace him is Mohamed Nabi in that squad. That's true. And another thing, Sunrisers, I don't know if this is a problem for Sunrisers, but Rashid Khan's not going to get wickets. Because simply because every IPL team has decided he's going forward, 20 runs, we'll try not to lose wickets. One team, tried, Delhi tried to hit Rashid Khan, he immediately got three wickets. So the wicket taking in the middle overs, they'll keep a tight end on the middle overs through Rashid Khan, but for wickets... That's probably where Nubby comes and best in this team. Exactly. So the question is now, who do you guys want to drop if you want to bring in Nubby, though? That's the main question. I don't... Uh, if they had a better backup keeper, I would say Bearstow, but nah. It'll have to be Kane Williamson. It, it... Yeah, it's not clear to me that you can drop Bearstow right now. Bearstow is just unbelievable when he gets going. And over the last year, he has been in form. Bearstow, I think, will... will think be, Bearstow and Warner, once these two start firing... Sunrisers will win most of their games. Because they, they, these two will bat 15 overs usually. And they'll always be go over 10 and over. 
right? And yeah. then you have Manish Pandey back, backing them. So I think that. I, 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 I think I think the best thing they can do to give themselves some insurance here is, yeah, I, I think they have to leave out one of their batsmen, and it's probably going to be Williamson. And you need your lower order to have more game time, like have guard bat four for a couple games, you know, yeah. something like that. They, they well, need more exposure out there to shield against a collapse. Right. Yeah. Well, on the topic of uh, Lakshya being a huge England fan, we have Stokes coming in um, to the IPL right now. And for the further Royals, obviously, um, he'll be missing the this game, obviously, for quarantine, tomorrow's game. But um, I think he should be back for the Sunrisers game. So that'll be pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Um, excited Who's about not? that, Lakshya? <laughs> yeah. Just an unbelievable player. But now the interesting yeah. thing about Ben Stokes is I'm one of his biggest fans, but I really don't think in T20 cricket that his record in the past has been all that great over the last couple of years. He was elite in a, one of the IPLs, I think in 2018, but in 2019, he definitely didn't fire that much. And even over the last few years, he hasn't played all that much for England in T20 cricket. It's just that you bring him in because he's Ben Stokes and he's Ben Stokes. Yeah. He's Ben Stokes. You just got to do it. He gives you an extra batsman who can hit and hit with power and hit to all sides of the ground. He gets you a bowler who can bowl in the death or can bowl with the new ball. I think he's going to come in and place a Tom Curran. I, I don't see any other spot for him, honestly. I think he'd come in place for Tom Curran, and I think it's the right decision. Yeah, I think. And I, I will I will say, like, I, I think, you know, there, there's an argument to be made that Tom Curran has had more T20 game time lately because he played for England when Stokes won the test team. But Curran's record this IPL has just not been good. More than that, who do you drop out of Archer, Butler, Smith, and Curran? Three, no. One of those things is not like the other. No. Rajasthan Royals is pretty clear. When I saw their yeah. squad initially, these four overseas players were going to play the whole whole season. Smith, Archer, Stokes, um, Archer, uh, missing? Butler. Yeah, it's pretty clear that those four will be Butler. playing. Butler. Stokes hasn't played a lot of T20 cricket. He's yeah, he's had he had his breakthrough IPL season twice. I think he had two poor IPLs after that. But I think if you look at the year Ben Stokes had after the IPL World Cup, we know he did in the World Cup. We know he did in the Ashes. We know he did in every series for England. Confidence is too high. I'm confident he'll come in and have an amazing IPL. I don't think any format matters right now. He's easily the best all rounder in the world. He's the best all rounder in this league. I'm sure he'll have a great IPL. The one question for Royals, though, is where do you use him? Let's say you put him at six in the middle order, which makes sense. But what about his bowling? Do you, you can't really substitute him in like for like with Curran because it's well acknowledged that Curran is one of the best death bowlers in the world. Stokes, not so much anymore. So, if you're the oh, boy. Yeah. Remember the name? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be having Stokes at six, first of all. That's too low for me. Stokes, he's a... He's a finisher more in the way that he he gets and he settles in and then he finishes. He's not a fin- he's not a Hardik Pandya type finisher. He's more of a like he's to me up to like up like Kohli level finisher. He goes in and he finishes the game by scoring big 50-60s. He should be batting four at least, in my opinion. That's fair, yeah. Um, so what you do? I, I think I think if you're if your top three get a good start, then you don't really. I, I think. Stokes is going to be of huge value if he comes in after quick two wickets in the power play and and sort of shepherds the batting lineup from there. That's his biggest value in my mind. You're right. He's not going to come in there and pinch get a quick can. 30 off 12. He, but I would, I would, he could, but it's not his role. My question here, though, is look at their top four. You've got Butler, you've got Smith, you've got Samson, you've got Uttapa. Now, 
let's say you do swap him with, with Utapa. It's well known that Utapa is absolutely useless if he's batting in the lower middle order. His main success has come as an opener. Already there's talk that you move him up to opener, you move Smith down to four. From those four guys, who do you see moving down? Smith doesn't bat lower than four, and he can't bat in the death as well unless he's set. Butler is an opener. He needs to be facing the most balls because him and Samson can take the game away from the opposition, and England have shown that he's just at his best opening. So where would you put Stokes? I, I, okay, I'm going. I think I, I'll go. Utva, I think, unless there's a better Indian player in the R squad, Utva's probably going to be playing. So I'd be going Butler, Utva, Smith at three. No, Samson at three, Smith at four, Stokes at five. Smith and Stokes are swappable depending on situation. That's a solid top five. I think Smith and Stokes can, can bat at five and they can apply themselves very well. So, and then obviously you have your hitters at six, seven. Kavadia, Archer, yeah. I'm on board with that. I think you could probably swap with the and, and Samson. You just need one of them opening one at one drop. Because yeah, either, either is fine. Really bad lower than uh, that. If, if there's, it, I'm even a favor because obviously Uthapa's he's been a he's an IPL veteran now. He's not had a great season probably for four years. You can even switch Uthapa with Jaiswal. So, I am a fan of that. I think they're young players for Royals. No one talks about how good they are, but Lomroor, Barag, um, Jaiswal, some of the best young talents to come around in India in recent memory. And all of a sudden, the Royals have got three of them. And I think if you want to put Jaiswal in an opening or Jaiswal in at five you could all of a sudden boost up that batting line, lineup tremendously. It's just a question of, can you give Rian Parag more chances when he's already failed four matches in a row? Yes, I do, because he's not really batting. Rian Parag, I don't think, I'm not completely sure, but I don't think he bats this low ever in uh, in uh, in the career. He plays state cricket, under-19 cricket. He just happens to be on a team full of batting superstars. So he has to bat at that situation. He did well last season. I think they should stick with him. I don't think they'll be doing this, but I would be going Jeshua for Utapa. Jeshua is very talented. He can open wherever or play a three wherever Utapa they had the position for Utapa. He can bat afterwards if it's needed. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see that. While we're talking about young talent on the Royals roster, I want to bring up a name that I don't think we have mentioned in a bit. Yeah. Is that young Ryan talent Ryan still? <laughs> He's 21. He's only 21. Yeah. No, he's, he's like 22, 23, I think. But, I mean, the guy had an unbelievable season like two years back. Yeah, well, and hasn't yeah. Really Chahar came, for, came in from Mumbai um, Indians, and that just ended his like, that, yeah. playing 11. Uh, but but it, 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 it does feel like he might have a small lineup. Well, the thing is, lineup, this is actually I don't really the first know where time I've seen Shreyas Gopal. Um, Shreyas Gopal's been struggling talented. this season. I know this person because I've been picking him in fantasy every every game, and he's not been good. <laughs> Grace Copal has had two amazing <laughs> IPL seasons. He's it's his googly is one of the best googlies in probably in yeah. IPL, but this season he seems to not be doing that great. Would you go Markande for Gopal yet, or would you just or would you wait for now? What do you guys think, Serge? What do you say? Um, I'd wait. Uh, give give him a chance. It takes time. Um. Obviously, this is a restart after a long, long break from cricket, and it does take batsmen a few, a few games to settle in. And um, it has been a few games, but we can wait a bit longer. But yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, Tawadia seems to be bowling well. I yeah. I don't. I agree. They don't really need to bring mind with Conde when they already have leg spinners. Like exactly. They, they don't. Have, do they? Do they even have a non-leg spinner? All the, everyone they're playing is leg users, right? Yeah. 
if if I have to if we have to pinpoint a board yeah. that is having problems on Royals, I think we all can look at Jaida Vinodkut. I think we all can agree he's a pretty mediocre player at the moment. He's been. I agree players. with that. I think yeah. He hasn't really been that guy for a long time now, and it's yeah. a question why he keeps getting picked. Left arm. He, he's only there because he's a left arm pacer. Right, but left arm mediocre is not as good as right arm decent. Yeah, yeah. I'd be looking. I'd be looking at a, another option. Yeah. Obviously, he's a senior figure in the team because he was obviously when they weren't sure about the Australian and English players playing, they named him as captain. So obviously, it's not. I'm not sure if they'll be dropping him yet. But firstly, I think. Jai Levinaka is fairly overrated. He gets way too much of a price tag simply because he's one of the he's one of the best left arm seamers in Runji's history, but he does not have an IKL record to back it up other than one season with Pune. That's what I'd be looking at for Royals. Fixing that bowling lineup. Ar- Archer, Archer's doing extremely well. Ar- he's batting well, he's bowling well. The batsmen, mo- most of the batsmen seem to be getting runs. Royals are looking decent this season. In my I- opinion, Royals have possibly two of the five best T20 players in the world. They've got Butler, they've got Jofra Archer. Both yep. of them, Archer is arguably the best T20 bowler in the world after Rashid Khan. We've all seen what Joss Butler can do. So quite frankly, Royals, I think, are a team that when they get going, if they can manage to, if they can manage to string together a couple of wins in a row, I would be very, very scared of facing them in the coming games because they're only going to get better as Butler gets set in. I think we can say what their English love luxury has here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> two of the best players are Butler and Archer. I could def- we could definitely argue that, but is is the team? They have most of the English players left. No, actually, I was uh, I started off. With, yeah, basically, I, 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 team I, I had to pick a team if push came to shove. It would be Mumbai because that's the team I grew up watching because it's such an. But I just watch all the players because I just like watching good cricket at this point. I I just don't want to see Chennai win anymore. That's it. Uh, so who are you picking for tomorrow's game? Indians or Royals? All of you. Mumbai. I think it's Mumbai. 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 The orders, the, the openers are doing well. Rohit's doing well. The Cox are doing well. Pa- both the Pondy brothers and Pollard are they're hitting 300-plus striker in the death. I, Strong lineup. Yeah. It, it's hard to get against Mumbai. It really is. I, I just – I really I, – I really wish that uh, Pollard were batting further up, though. I think Pollard has a strong case to come in at that's four. Because the I, think, I think that might be true, but he field. benefits from coming in at the death when they're bowling the lengths that they do because he's an excellent hitter of the Yorker. He manages to stay to move up and down the crease, mess with the batsman's length, and he has an amazing swing that lets him generate a lot more power than anyone can possibly counter, well, even if he misses it. It, it's true. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just, I keep, I keep watching and finding myself wishing, like, for a, I, from a Mumbai perspective, finding myself feeling it's the Dre Russ that he should have had right? maybe I, 10 I mean, balls. that's true, it's but not it's, even worked, it's, worked for, it's won them four IPL tasks. Polar's been playing for Mumbai since 2010. He's bad at that same position. Every season, that's a question. Should he bat up? But I don't think Mumbai, are com- if they keep winning these many t- titles, I don't think they're going to be changing anything about Polar. It's it's true, and I can't I can't argue that Mumbai also has I mean probably after Delhi one of the best you know young Indian not necessarily young but one of the best Indian cores that the franchise is out there. That's a big reason they've been so successful between you know Surya Kumar Yadav, Ishan uh, Kishan, and the Pandya brothers yeah. and Rose. It's an unbelievable. Kunal's finally core. getting a strong. So, like I thought he's I, it's hard had a pretty poor IPL last season, especially with the bat, and but his, now he's he's he hit he played one over four balls last 
game and got 25 runs, something like that. Previous game also <laughs> 200 yeah. plus strikers. But I think I, I think I want to yep. transition away from IPL now. Uh, as we all know, Lakshya here is a big English career fan. So England recently announced, or PCA recently announced their Player of the Year awards. So for PCA Player of the Year was Chris Wokes, the English bowling Islander, and the Young Player of the Year was Zach Crawley. Chris Wokes has been absolutely magnificent this this home season, both in Test matches and ODIs. There's no been no doubt he's Mr. Dependable for the England team. He's been a consistent bowler in English home conditions in test ball, in, with the Red Bull. He's been an absolute match winner in one-day cricket. We saw that in the World Cup semifinal, man of the match, World Cup final three wickets. I, I only have a few couple doubts on Chris Wilkes. One was his batting, and one is his overseas bowling. His batting, which was struggling, he was averaging around 10 until that one Pakistan game, the first test match against Pakistan, where he completely turned it around, day five pitch, Matching partnership with Josh Butler. And now he seems to got the confidence back with the bad. Lush, I want to kick this off with you. What do you think Chris Wilkes needs to do if he wants to be England's first choice as a overseas pace slot? Or is or am I underrating him as a pace bowler outside of England conditions? You know, I think there was a genuine and deserved reputation that he had of not being able to play that well outside of England. But it's important to remember a couple of things. Wokes, for the longest time, had been battling an acute case of tendinitis in his knee that really cut down his pace and made him very, very injury prone. For the large part, that seems to have been gone and his pace is slightly up. We saw in the World Cup he was hitting 90 miles per hour. A couple of times we saw in this uh, series with Pakistan and with West Indies that you know, he's bowling regularly at 135-ish. And that's important, I think, because it really does matter. You know, as Hashim almost said, you bowl at 80 miles per hour reverse swinging or swinging the ball, it doesn't really matter. They're going to flick it for four. But at that pace that Wilkes is bowling at, he's now good enough with pace and with his swing control to where he can go overseas and do well. We saw it in South Africa. He was an excellent, excellent player there. And we all know he's great in English conditions, but I think... With the control that he's now had and with the better performance of the Kookaburra ball that he showed in South Africa, I think I would seriously consider picking him in the Ashes squad. His batting is good enough to where it shores up the lower order some, and I think his bowling is consistent enough to where I don't think Anderson's going to be able to play all five games in the Ashes. I think his body's starting to break down. We've seen that he struggles a lot playing back-to-back games or any, any games that are close together. I think Wokes is a guy you absolutely bring along. And I think, actually, you might give him the confidence, you might give him the backing to lead the new ball attack with Stuart Broad. Now, I, I do want to point out that South Africa is potentially a little bit more uh, suited to his style of bowling than Australia is. Uh, it's it's He's a bowler that thrives on seeming conditions, and you get plenty of that there. Um, Australia is more of a challenge, but as you pointed out, he has accuracy, and he has enough pace to be a threat. He's not express, but he does, he and Anderson both actually have enough pace to be a threat in those conditions if they're regularly hitting the seam and hitting the right lengths. You know, the biggest complaint people had last time with Wilkes is that you brought him to Australia. He didn't do that well. He's building off cutter. Steve Smith was cutting them along. My response to that is England had not a single bowler last time that could cross 140 on the regular. This time, they're going to have Ben Stokes. They're going to have Joffrey Archer. They're going to have Mark Wood potentially if he stays healthy. Those three are all you really need in terms of pace. And from that point onwards, Wokes and Broad are fast enough to where they can, you know, the batsmen are already pinned on the back foot. They have their heads all messed up from the pace of Archer and Wood. At that point, you know, you can start to bring in players of Wokes' potential and Wokes' caliber start to really do well there. 
because yeah. they have support. Yeah, that's and a- in fairness, Broad is basically guaranteed ten wickets in the series anyway, right? Yeah, <laughs> is he? No, no, you you have yeah, to Warner. drop him. You have oh, to drop I don't, him I don't agree the there. <laughs> uh, Warren gets two hundreds on those conditions. That's fair, but no. If oh, you man, drop no, Broad, if you drop if you drop Broad the first match and get him super angry and then bring him back the next match, just like these past series, that's he'll, the he'll thrive perfectly. Maybe, yeah. That's oh, all you need. Broad is basically the bowling version of Johnny Bear. So there's a funny story actually. So <laughs> back in the World Cup, um, when uh, Bearstow was. Bearstow gave an interview to the English press corps about how angry he was that, you know, when they lost against Sri Lanka, they lost against um, Australia. Pakistan and Australia. Uh, Colin started coming out thinking, oh, England are bottling it again. And Bearstow went to the press and he said, this is ridiculous. We've been the number one team in the world the last four years. This is just like you English media. The minute we have a slight rough patch, you start attacking us. Look at Australia. They back their players. The media backs their players day in, day out. Bayless said this too. So next day, next game that they played was against India. Bearstow scored, what, I think a century. And for the next week or so, Trevor Bayless had a gig going on in the English squad where he said, I'll give a 10-pound note to anyone that manages to rile Johnny up properly for the next game too. And so everyone started <laughs> taking the piss out of Bearstow. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I agree with Bearstow. I remember that. England were in a situation where they had to beat India and New Zealand, who were the two best teams, I think, at, at that point in the tournament, and alongside Australia. Bears was like, yo, he talk, he walked the talk. He scored 100, probably the two most important innings for England in that World Cup. He scored 100 against India. He scored 100 against New Zealand. And I think that's what shows that he is he's a world-class opener. And England, in one degree, is a world-class team. And I saw in the summer, too, England would win a test match. The media is all like, oh, this is a great team. They lose a test match. It's like, why is this one of the worst English teams of all time? It is a it that it is very flip floppity. I have seen from England players. Um, I do. You're saying that, but um, they haven't given Berso a central contract for Test um, this year. So going into the going into the Ashes, and they haven't done that for Mark Wood either. So I mean, they're obviously they may be picked up for the the team, but as as of now, they don't have a contract. Right you know, I don't think it's a bad move to not give Bearstow a test contract because, first of all, he's only played one test in the last year. And more importantly, Bearstow's rise as a white ball batsman, if you watch his game, he actually ended up becoming excellent in white ball cricket, not because he was naturally suited to it. He first averaged 59 in tests in 2016, was considered one of the best wicketkeeper batsmen around in England, even though he couldn't keep much. He was an excellent batsman. And then what happened was this. He actually changed his game to open up to the offside a little bit more. And this added a new dimension. He gained a cover drive. He gained a few off drives. But he lost his positioning on his stumps. He exposed his stumps. So he essentially gained a cover drive and lost his test place. As a result, he's arguably one of the best white ball players in the last five years as a result of this. But his test batting is to the point where in seeing or swinging conditions, he's not good enough. And we saw in Australia last time that anything targeting the stumps too – He's really struggling. Yeah, I, I have no issues with Bearson not getting a contract. I think England. No, I, t- I totally agree. Yeah. I, England have decided to go with. They've decided to go the opposite approach that they do with one day. They're picking players who bat time, players who are more focused on leaving the ball, character over cover drives, mm-hmm. and they've decided to back those players. And those players, they're they're not blowing blowing us away with their stats, obviously, but they're they've shown potential. All Ollie Pope, Dom Sibley, um. Rory Birds, they've all scored hundreds in the, they've all scored one and two hundreds each. England got to back those players. I think those in Australia Australia is a traditional cricket. You don't need to be scoring four runs and over, five runs and over in a test match to win. 
Steve Smith doesn't do that. Steve Smith back oh, yeah. to score 100. You need players like that to win in Australia. The, the conditions are flat. The the challenge against Australian bowlers in Australia is not really the conditions. It's usually the pace attack of Australia, which, in my opinion, is the best bowling attack in the world. But if you look at the wickets, they're not they're not seeming around that much. They're not swinging, which is also why England's bowling attack has looked useless in the last couple of Ashes. I think yeah, I players think, that I think, want a bad time. Definitely. And I think Butler really came into form, and he really came into his position this past summer. Yeah. Um, being there with Zach Crawley throughout his innings and as well as Wilkes towards the end to win the game. Um, I think he's found his role and I, his, his wicket keeping has some improvement that's needed, but I think that's that's a role that he'll play really well. Yeah. And um, those minor adjustments of if you have an in-swinging ball and how bare so has, you can see the improvements in the I showed and you can see how he's adjusted. So, yeah. so with Butler's keeping, one thing to note is Butler has always been considered by those in the England setup to be better at keeping to pace, and Bairstow is better at keeping to spin. The thing with right. Bairstow is that he's a little bit flat-footed. He gets caught in the wrong trigger movement sometimes. He's not the most clean collector of the ball, so it makes a thudding sound when it hits it instead. As a result, Bairstow would really struggle as a keeper in Australia, but mm-hmm. Butler is adequate. He's good enough to keep there, and... As a result, you've got your keeper's spot locked down. And when it comes to when it comes to playing in Australia, remember that essentially Rishi's right. It's the pace attack of that team that really wins the matches. It, it takes the game away from the opposition. England taking this approach of having players that can stay in, get set, and score is much better because England is essentially the reverse of Australia in terms of conditions. England seams and swings a lot. You've got to play your strokes. Otherwise, you're going to get a magic ball that gets you out. Australia yeah. is not like that. You can't just go in and start attacking because if you stay in, you get set and you score, it's traditional test match cricket. You're yeah. going to get your time. You're going to get your balls to play. It's not like England. And that's why England have to take those two or three good pacers, genuine 140-plus quicks. And then you have your Chris Wokes and possibly your Dom Best if you want to pick a spinner. Yeah, you also, also have the start. Go ahead. Also, the thing is, Australia is also one of the easiest places to keep. So I wouldn't be worrying about Butler, Bears. I think any of them will be able to keep. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. I honestly don't think we can make a prediction about national squad right now because if you look at, there's still a whole English summer before the Ashes squad, and every year the England team is always changing, especially in Test matches. Mm, that is true. Well, a year ago, it was the everything was drop Butler, drop Bearstow. Two seasons ago, it was Bearstow and Butler, the two best batsmen in English. There'll be a lot. Yeah. If we're talking about keepers, one of the places that does require an insanely good keeper is India. England have a five-test yeah. series coming up in England in India. Moving away from Bearstow Butler, no contract has been no test contract has been given to Jack Leach or Dom Best. Very shocking. We have a five. They have a five-test match series against India coming. What spin attack do you, are you guys going with? Are you going to look at Moin Ali other Rashid? Are you looking at Jack Leach as the main spinner? Pick up with the spinner here. What about Dinesh? What do you think? Dinesh. Huh. Um, I I think I think part of the problem has been, um, and I've talked about this at length before. Um, I feel one that the England Test squad hasn't backed a spinner well. And I think this kind of goes back to what I was saying about Shahar. Is like, you know, if you have someone who's a match winner, you you need to back them through everything. Um they haven't picked a spinner and backed them. They, I, I believe the the Adil Rashid experiment was not going to work out. I don't think he's cut out for test cricket. That's not really his style. But you have Leach, you have Don Bess, you have Molinelli, who have all shown at various points what they're capable of. Uh, and one 
I don't think the test management has backed any of them. Uh, and two, I have some skepticism about Giroud's management of spinners. I don't think he sets aggressive fields for spinners. He tends to use them in operator roles. Um, and consequently, their stats don't look very good because they don't end up taking a lot of wickets. They hold down they hold down one end to let him rotate his seamers at the other. And if that's the role that he wants a spinner to fill, great. He can probably do it himself, honestly. He's perfectly capable of bowling spin well enough to be an operator. But if you want to take a spinner like Jack Leach or Dom Bess, you set an aggressive attacking field for them and let them go at the batsman. He manages his pacers pretty well, I think, despite some of the some of what people have said about how he manages Archer. I think he broadly manages his seamers very well. I don't think he backs his spinners well, I don't enough. Think, I don't think you really need a captain to be managing Broad and Anderson. That's all. They can manage them very well. Okay, right? fair enough. That's one. That's the problem when you have conditions like England where it's seaming all day, it's swinging all day. Your spinners are really there to just throw you overs. Maybe sometimes on day five you need them. You use them as rotation. That's not going to work in Australia. Australia, you. Australia is the toughest place to bowl spin. India is not the toughest place to bowl spin, but the batsmen are the best players off spin. England, yeah. when England had, don't forget, when England lost toward Asia, they toured Sri Lanka a team they didn't have a good record of in, in Sri Lanka. They won 3-0. They did they both they had three spinners, Moyne Ali, Jack Leach, Adil Rashid. All three of them had really good series. I don't see Adil Rashid coming into play into in the India series at all. Simply because leg spin, other than Yasu Shah, does not work in test cricket at the moment. It's usually all spin and left arms. It's it's finger spin that is usually the go to. Jack the thing Leach is has to play, has to be the main spinner in the team. He's the he has the best bowling average out of the out of the three four spinners we have mentioned. He has not Failed England at all. He was the mat. He was the match winner in Sri Lanka. I don't see how Don Best could be playing over him in in uh, English colours, considering even in counting cricket, Don Best is not a first pick over Jack Leach. It's also interesting. To Doesn't know, hurt that he's a great opening bat. Yeah, too. well, that's true. But it's also interesting to know that Jack Leach and Don Best play on the ground in England. That's most similar to India and Taunton in Somerset, exactly. right? So that's the that's a key point. I think you've got to pick Jack Leach, but more to the point. I think England have got to realize that none of their spinners are anything close to the class of a Jadeja or Ashwin, and they never will be. And that's okay. You're going to have to win games in other ways because Leach is good. Don't get me wrong. He can hold an end. He can take a few wickets. But these guys are not going to be your major, major wicket-taking threats. I think Archer is going to play a very big role in England this time around. I think – or in India. I think Wood might as well because you need that pace to start yeah. with. Yeah. And you're going to need to hope that they can – you're going to need to hope that they can make some early inroads and that uh, Leach gets enough turn there because Leach is not a big turner of the ball. He's never been. Neither has best. So in India, overspin doesn't work as well as it does in Australia, right? Lion makes most of his wickets from overspin and bounce. But in India, it's turn that wins the game with a, along with the rough areas that get created. Now, England, to my knowledge – Part of the reason they like Leach, and Leach is a right armor, right? But or left armor, sorry. Yeah, Leach is a left armor. So the footmarks created by Archer could help him. The footmarks created by Archer and Wood could help him create that rough. Now you bowl into that rough, you get that bounce that he relies on, and you get a little bit more turn. Because with anyone like Leach or anyone like Bess, you're gonna need as much help as you can get because they're naturally not big turners of the ball. They're not gonna win you games like that, like Jadeja or like Ashwin Wood. Jadeja gets pace and he gets bounced and that's how he does it that's true that's true the thing with, I, I agree with a lot of that the, the thing is obviously 
we don't have a large sample size of victories in India because India has not lost a, a, a home test match since 2017 against Australia. So I'm only looking at that one test match Australia beat India in. They they beat India with a pace attack that got wickets and Nathan Lyon and, and Stephen O'Keefe. You guys remember Stephen O'Keefe got 12 wickets. There's not that much difference between the way Stephen O'Keefe and Jack Leach bowl. They're not big turners with the ball, but if you get the conditions in their favor, they can spin it enough to threaten both edges of the bat. If England want to win in India, which honestly I don't think I think we all can agree we don't we can't really see them beating India in India. I can't see any team right now beating India in India. But the only way they can do this is they get their fastest bowlers bowling with a new ball. They can get early wickets, reverse swing later on, and their spinners need to bowl tight. They need to bowl quicker than they normally do they would in any other conditions, and they need to put pressure. They need to somehow. They also need to pray a little bit that Kohli and Pujara don't have the seats they usually have because. <laughs> One the only reason, games, yeah. the only time I've, only team I've seen in the last five years that has actually threatened India in India was Australia in 2017, when Kohli had a poor series. Nathan Lyon and Stephen O'Keefe stepped up. Mitchell Stark, Pat Cummins, Josh Hazelwood also all stepped up. It's going to require the entire English team. They can't have any players. They can't be carrying any extra baggage. Every player will have to outperform what they've normally done. For them I think you're overlooking though. Time. I think the thing you're overlooking is that it's England's batting, I think, that concerns me a lot here because I think their bowling attack, when it's when it clicks, is very good. Archer, I think, is a better bowler than anyone in that team except for Shami. And Leach is not fantastic, but he's adequate, right? The real question, though, is how is England going to do when it comes to spin? Because we know Butler's a good player spin. We know Root's a good player spin. But Root hasn't been firing for a while now. And... It's really a question as to how good Dom Sibley and Rory Burns and Zach Crawley are, right? Because we know already that they're good players at pace, but we don't necessarily know how they do with spin. We don't know how they do with playing against elite spin because they've never been tested on that. And that's going to be a very important thing to know. How does England's order, how does England's batting order actually do? Is Ben Stokes going to have to carry the batting order again? Okay, so I'll offer, you, I'll offer you an alternative point here. I think a lot of English great fans will say, Rishi, you're an idiot for saying this, but do you really, why do you do in England go horses for courses? And we've seen how Dom Sibley plays spin. He has, I know where he doesn't really this. have a game with against spin. He doesn't really rotate the strike. Keaton Jennings. <laughs> Keaton Jennings. Do bring, I think so. <laughs> do you bring Keaton Jennings? Keaton Jennings is probably, his average is terrible in England. He looks completely out of depth against pace bowling, but he has two hundreds, one in Sri Lanka. One in India, in India against Ashwin and Jadeja, in Sri Lanka against Herat, uh, Pereira, and Dunjaya. Do you go with Keaton Jennings as your opener just for this this overseas tour? I like yeah. how he plays spin. I like how he played uh, Nathan Lyon in the Ashes when Nathan Lyon was getting good wickets, good turn. Do you go Keaton Jennings? I... Now, here's my concern. Maybe you go Keaton Jennings. I don't know if you go Keaton Jennings fresh off COVID. I don't. Quarantine. I think a bigger counter to that. I don't know if you go Keaton Jennings opening. I think you take Jennings, but I think you might want to put Burns and Crawley opening. We know Crawley can open. We've seen him do it before. I I think Jennings needs to be protected from pace because Jennings's average on balls hitting the stumps was I think two in his yeah. last series that he played. That is not going to cut it in India either. We're forgetting yeah. that Shami Bumra and yeah. Ishant are exceptional bowlers. Yeah, obviously, we saw last last year, Indian pace bowlers got more wickets than their spinners. So, yes, 
That's an, that's something I forgot because Sri Lanka doesn't have a pace attack to throw in Jennings, but right. India easily does. Now, if you want to put Jennings in at five, let's say you start off with Burns and Crowley, then you go with Root at one drop, Stokes at two drop, Butler and Jennings then at uh, five and six, that could possibly work. And I think Jennings is potentially one of the two or three best players of spin. The question is just how is his game against pace going so far? And is that liability overcome? Hmm. It's an interesting topic. I'm maybe we maybe you take Jennings in the squad and you look at warm-up matches as a way. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. That's probably that's a lot. I think we have a lot of questions. England will have I'm not convinced on this England team to come close to India. I think England are playing really well created right now at the moment. I can't see them beating India or Australia overseas right now with the team they have, even though it's a very talented team. But India and Australia to me the top two teams in Test cricket. At home, they're absolutely unbeatable. We saw what Australia did in their home summer. We've seen what India have been doing the last five years. It will require a miracle for them to uh, compete. But we all want good cricket. We all want to see a good series. So, yeah. So, well, so let's wrap it up then with uh, what do you guys think should be England's 11 for their next major series in India? Um, it, all right. We can split it up in the way that we just say our openers, and then all, all four of us go. We don't need to say all of our, our 11 at once. All but, right. Um, I, I can start it off. Um, I'm personally sticking with the Sibwin Burns. I think that's our best option, or England's best option, because um, the experience coming from this past summer as well, and they, they play pace very well, which is still an important factor in India. Can't forget that, like, like, like Luxury I was saying. But, um, yeah, those are my openers. I'm actually... I didn't bring up this point, but I don't think we have time right now. But I'm going Crawley and Crawley and Burns to be opening in Indian conditions. And Moynelli will be returning in my team, but he'll be batting in the top six, just like how he did last uh, the last time England toured India, where he scored hundreds there. And then Sibley, uh, and then Bess and Leach will also be playing. So England will be playing three spinners, but one spinner will be in the top six. I agree. I think you've got to have, I think you're going to have to have Burns and Crawley opening. I don't think Sibley has a game to play against spin. And I think you're going to destroy his confidence. If you play him against Ashwin and Jadeja, he's, I don't want to say a walking wicket, but he'll be lucky if he crosses 50 against him. So I think you go Burns, Crawley opening. And I think you're going to have to move root to one down. Okay. Um, I'm, before we move on, I personally think obviously the caliber of the, of Rostin Chase isn't the, the likes of Ashwin and Jadeja, but I think Sibley played him pr- fairly well um, in in previous uh, tests. The wicket didn't turn yeah. that much, nor did it bounce. I don't think he played. Well. Yeah, that, I remember him getting out a couple I times. Didn't, couldn't really convert, rotate, strike. The problem is, I what is it? You, you okay? It's very I, Sibley's game against pace is leave, 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 and then you wait for the bat ball, <laughs> which works well against the swinging ball. It's a great game plan to have. You you you're not gonna you can't keep defending Ashwin and Jadeja all day. It doesn't work. You, you're going to get out on those wickets. Eventually, one ball is going to either beat your outside edge or inside edge. He needs to rotate strike. And I don't even, I can't even name you a shot he has against uh, those bowlers that he'll be using there. And a free it, shot? Nope, really. It's important to remember Sibley's leg glance, which is how he gets a lot of his runs, is really not. <laughs> Edit that out. Okay. It's important <laughs> to remember. No, no, I'm keeping it in. I'm keeping it in. <laughs> okay. It's important to remember Sibley's leg glance, which is what got him a lot of runs in England, is not really going to work nearly as well against Ashwin and Jadeja. All you need to put is a short leg in place. Yeah, for, sure. um, leg slip, leg gully. Yeah, and so that's why I think it's a. I think it's a very flawed comparison to make. Furthermore, 
the bounce that Jadeja gets is altogether different. Keep in mind, right, like county cricket, the types of bowlers you get, you get 115, 120 clicks per hour. That's good enough generally because it's so it sw- seems and swings so much. Jadeja bowls at 105 clicks an hour anyways. <laughs> it turns a lot more and it bounces a lot more. I don't think you can pick Sibley, but let's go middle order. Middle order, who do you guys have? I've, I've, uh, hey, I didn't pick my order yet. yet. No, I was just going to go Brenton Sibley. I think we might be overstating the impact of the Indian spinners a little bit. Like we said, the pace attack is absolutely world-class, and I think Sibley's the right guy to stonewall uh, Ishant and Bumrah or whoever up front. I think I think he's the guy who can do that. Maybe he doesn't have the best record against spin, but by the time we get to the spinners, he's set, right? I, I don't think that's the biggest concern in my mind. You do need someone who can outlast an Ansong Ishant Sharma out front, which is actually pretty difficult. So I'm sticking with Burns and Sibley. Okay. Um, middle order? Sir, do you want to go? Uh, yeah, Crawley is my three. Um, obviously, you guys have him opening, and then uh, I have Root coming in. Um, yeah, I mean, he has obviously hasn't been in form, and who's your five and has six? Had a horrible summer, but five and six, I'd have Butler and Stokes. So, and then seven, oh, seven, you're going Bowler, Wokes, or um, Wokes, yeah. I, I'm not gonna bring in Moeen yeah. for that. Uh, I'm going. I'm going. Root at three, Stokes at four. No, Moyne at four, Stokes at five, Butler at six. No, no, Pope at six. Uh, Serge, I think Pope. I don't. You definitely. There you go. Yeah, Serge, you're sleeping you on my boy. Pope. Pope in your team? That's true. Yeah, yeah I, I forgot. I, I forgot. Have, yeah, Pope at six. I think he's one of the best young players in the world in Test cricket. I I, I love yeah. watching him bat. Butler at seven. And then uh, two spinners and two pacers. Butler historic. Uh, sorry, before you continue, I'd actually take out Crawley and put in Pope instead. Oh, that's a hot take. I think it was all right. I know. Yeah, I think I would idea. probably go with. I think Root at three. I would go Pope at four, Stokes at five, Butler at six, and I I, I put Butler at six instead of seven because all of his major innings have come with him at six. When he gets in at seven, he doesn't quite have enough time. He said before, you can't play in white ball in white ball cricket the same that you do in red ball cricket, right? You can't equate the two. And Butler, when he goes in at seven, they told him initially, play like you do in white ball cricket, but it doesn't really work. There's, there's too much lateral movement. There's much more spin, much more bounce. Pitches are different. Fields are different. At six, he has time to properly build in innings, and he's a much better batsman than people give him credit for. And at seven, I think, instead of Wokes, I don't know how... Wokes would do in India. I'm actually going to go off the board here. I'm going to take Adil Rashid at seven. Not at seven, though. Interesting. So keep in mind with Rashid at seven, we need to figure out, or with Rashid in this 11, we need to figure out who goes at seven. To my mind, I would probably take, I would probably take Archer. No, not Archer. I'm actually thinking maybe Ben Folks should come into play here as keeping in India. Ooh. I don't think Butler is good enough keeping to spin. I think you go folks at seven, and I think then you start to build your bowling attack. You've got four oh. elite bowlers and Ben Stokes. That's good enough for me. Oh, you're going, so you're going, what are you going? You're going two spinners, three pacers? Yeah, I'm going, I'm deciding on that. I think I'm going two spinners, three pacers. You're right. Okay. I'm going two pacers, two spinners, and then Moyne and Stokes are in the top six. So we got three, three. I'm, I'm trying to copy what England did in Sri Lanka that worked for them. So who do you guys, Dinesh, what do you think? Actually, I'm very I'm very glad you brought that up because uh, I had the same concern about the keeper in India. 
Um, I am definitely of the mindset that that England should be working on their spin attack. Obviously, it's contingent on I think they need to be attacking with their spinners more than they have been in the past. Uh, but I'm digressing. We're going to get to that point. I think I have Zach Crawley at three. I've said for a while, like, this guy's one of the best, you know, he, he's got a ton of potential and he needs a lot of game time. And I think he could do really well here. Root at four, Stokes at five, Ollie Pope at six, I think is all pretty cut and dry. Uh, and then I have Ben Folks at seven. Butler, I am not fully convinced. He had a couple of good innings, but that's coming off a really, really patchy run of form. And I think in the subcontinent, especially with, you know, you have, I'm going to have at least one mainline spinner and then Joe Root bowling a fair share of overs. You need a pretty decent keeper to spin. And I just don't I'm not playing good keeper because I don't think any of the Indian bats are nicking anything. <laughs> that's a good point. What about Stumpy? I don't want to let a lot of buys go either. Uh, I don't think there's, I'll be shocked if Coley or Pujar yeah, are doing chances. I on I. Do you all want to give us a series prediction? Because I honestly am going four five zero. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go four one India. I don't think England has a quality yet to do it. But who do you guys have with the bowling attack? In England. Uh, In India, yeah. Dinesh, why don't you I'll start, start us off here? Off? Okay, so I, I think I think you you jam Mark Wood in for the first test. I think he might not play the second one, but I think his pace matters. Yeah, I mean, um, you need to manage his workload. I think Archer handles the workload better than Wood does, but you get one good test with Wood and Archer probably. Um, I think I take I think Jack Leach edges Don Don Bess out here partially because India only has one lefty in their top seven, that being Rishabh Pant. Oh. No, it's zero then. Right, I don't think Saha will play in, in India. It'll be Saha for sure. That's true. Yeah. So um, Dom Best doesn't look too good, and Offy against a bunch of that's actually a really good point. I didn't think India does that. not look. India nice. doesn't even have a, a righty, a lefty in their top seven. I think exactly. I'm not team up then. That's lefty. why. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think Jack Leach with a couple of close fielders actually looks really, really good against their lineup. Um, so Leach is a lock for me. Wood and Archer are a lock. And then the last slot, I don't think Anderson starts. I think it's between Wokes and Broad. Interesting. Wokes, I if you want the batting depth. For me, we've already had up till seven picks. So from eight onwards, I would probably say you go with Jafra Archer, Adil Rashid. Um, I would say the last two slots should go to Jack Leach because he we know he's a quality spinner and we I think he's they need to pick two spinners. I think the I mean last time Leach was yeah, in the subcontinent. So is Moeen, was unbelievable. So. But I think Moeen's bowling form has degraded so much over the last yeah. year that I don't think you can reasonably reasonably pick him and expect a repeat of the of that performance. He's been horrible in ODIs, hasn't even done much in the IPL and he hasn't played tests in a long time. And I think that last spot, so we, who do we have? We had um, Rashid, Leach, and Archer. I think that last spot goes to Mark Wood when healthy. If he's not healthy, then it goes to Stuart Broad in my mind. Okay. Um, so I think this will be like Moinelli's like final chance for me in Test cricket. If there's one thing that he does have, he, he does have a good record against India in Test cricket. Even though that's mostly in English conditions, he does have a psychological advantage over India. He's won them two Test series. Uh, in English conditions, when India was, looked like they were on top of their series, so I'm I have Moyne Ellie and Ben Stokes in my top six as the bowling options. So I'm going. So I have both Best and Leach playing, and then it'll and then the two fast bowling slots. It's one spot will be between Archer and Wood, whoever's fit on that day, and the other spot will be between Anderson and Broad, whoever's fit on that day. 
whoever thing would feel better. Go to would be Anderson Wood though for me. If I think Ben Stokes will come in a lot, play a lot with his bowling. He bowled really well. He bowls really well in the subcontinent. Uh, he bowled really well. In the oh yeah, no, he he he's got pace. Yeah. He can really jam it into the surface. I mean, he's. My only worry with yeah. him is he's going to overbowl. It's hard to take a ball out of Ben Stokes' hands. He wants to bowl all day. He wants to bat all day. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't. But I'm sticking to my belief. No matter what team we're picking, it's I can't see this team winning. Definitely not. But I mean, yeah, can I pick Graham the Swan. Shot that they can. Can I pick Graham Swan and Monty Pensar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might change up the score line. So <laughs> Dude, Graham Swan, <laughs> best bowling action ever changed yeah. my mind. Uh, straightforward. Serge, you got? It's Leach, um, Archer. Um, I'd go with Broad. Jimmy Anderson's not going to do great in the subcontinent, especially with his age. And I'd like to think deteriorating, deteriorating body. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd go with Leach. Um, Root definitely underbowls himself. I think he's going to be a, a very important factor. Um, obviously, in the ODIs, he was bold. Um, Morgan bowled him really well. Yeah. Um, picked up two wickets and I think yeah. he's going to be very vital he needs to learn to do that and manage himself as well um, but yeah uh, so who is it Leach um, Archer, Wood and Broad are my picks this is a future topic because I think we're running out of time we should have a topic soon of Joe Root being England's second ODI spinner in the future that should be a future topic Definitely, I think it's a good topic to have yeah I've had that topic with a few people. I think it'll be an interesting combo. But we we won't we won't give anyone a preview. What we're gonna say yet. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, quick quick thing before we end. Uh, top run scorer and leading wicket taker for tomorrow's match. Um, who is it? Royals and uh, Mumbai Indians. Just off the off the cuff. Oh, oh boy. Uh, I have Butler coming good with the bat. I think he hasn't yet, but it's only a matter of time. Wicket taker. Uh. Wicket taker. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Pattinson actually, yeah. if he plays or Bolt. Uh, I think they've both looked very threatening, and you know they haven't always jumped out, but they have both consistently been very good. And I will not be surprised if Boomer builds up enough pressure for one of them to just run um, right. So I was watching both the RR of Raj. It's Rajasthan Mumbai, right? So I was yeah, watching both tomorrow. the Rajasthan Mumbai games from last season, and Decock scored seventy in both the games. So I'm gonna go Decock. To be the top nice. run scorer, uh, uh, bowling. I think I I have Bomer coming through. I think Bomer was gonna have a good spell tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I think okay. I've got. I think okay. I've got Butler coming good with the bat, so uh, he's my top run scorer. Um, and I think for top wicket cape wicket taker, I'm gonna go with Trent Bolt. Damn, I think he didn't, go, he didn't go two English players. I thought he was gonna say Archer. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think Archer is great, but I, I, I think Mumbai's I, I think Mumbai is just as close as you can get to constructing an absolutely perfect T20 team. I, as good as Archer is, I think the pressure that Mumbai attack exerts yep. some point is going to result in some serious, serious crumbling for Rajasthan. So I think I'm going to go yeah. with Trent Bolt as my leading wicket taker for tomorrow. Yeah, that's another thing we should talk. Another topic for future. We should talk about what the what. Is there any area Mumbai is lacking in their, in their T20 team? Anything they need to improve on? We should talk about that for sure. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Well, guys, look forward to that in our future podcasts. Um, this has been a good one. Um, our very first one. But, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, see you guys soon. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Yeah. Thank you for being a great host.